0: Good to be with you this morning. We're in a series right now called Christmas is Here. It's our Advent series, and uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful time for us to be uh, drawing our attention back to the themes, back to uh, the ways in which we can uh, find the things in life like love, joy, peace, uh, light, and uh, hope in Christ Uh, It is a great time for us to uh, remember uh, that Christmas is more than just presents, that Christmas is more than just uh, December 25th, but there is a reason behind this season, and um, we get to celebrate in the midst of our broken world, the weary world that we live in, to rejoice because... Jesus has come. And so uh, we've talked a couple weeks now on different themes. The first week we talked about was hope. And then the second week we talked about peace. And today I want to talk to you about joy. I want to talk to you about uh, joy here this morning. Uh, On Sunday... Uh, Next Sunday, uh, Pastor Doug's gonna talk about love and then on our candlelight service, we're gonna talk about the light of Christ. And the the wonderful thing about all these different themes that we talk about is that it's all uh, drawn a line back to Jesus, right? I mean, we kind of have to remember that everything that we we recognize and we focus on and we celebrate during the Christmas time is really back to Jesus and his birth and his life and his death and his resurrection. And today, uh, we're gonna talk about how joy is a part of this Christmas season for you and for I. As we uh, anticipate, okay, arrival, uh, the word advent means uh, the arrival of. And so we have the first advent, Jesus coming uh, as a baby. And so we find ourselves in between the first arrival of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus, which is yet to come. And we we, we wait with hope and we wait for hope. We wait with peace, we wait for peace. We wait with joy today, we wait for joy in the coming moments of this life that we live um, knowing that all of it comes back to, to Jesus and so uh, joy is one of those things that I think is really easy for us to uh, think about and talk about but can sometimes in the world of church maybe in the world of uh, talking about how the world is different from you know the, the walk of a Christian and the, the ways in which the church wants to uh, communicate the scriptures sometimes we can think that you know joy and happiness maybe have two different meanings in this life uh, I, I, I want to make some things very clear before we start out because uh, I think oftentimes uh, the teaching goes like this, that uh, happiness is a feeling, but joy is not, Uh happiness is fleeting, but joy is everlasting. Happiness depends on circumstances or other people, but joy is a gift from God. Happiness is worldly, but joy is divine. And what I understand to an extent is the reason why we should uh, make a distinction between, you know, a type of joy that we have from God and the type of joy that we have in this world. But did you know that really the Bible doesn't talk about separating the idea of happiness and joy, that they're not two different things. It's not like happiness is from the world and, and God doesn't cause us to be happy or glad. Uh, we, we don't want to split hairs between saying this is the world's word for happiness and this is God's word for happiness. It's all God's and it's his way of, of showing us how great he is. Really what we should be talking about when it comes to joy and talking about joy that maybe is of this world and joy that comes from God is understanding that there's a source difference. There's a source difference in where we get our joy. So what I wanna share with you is that there's a joy that comes from the world, okay, like you have in your, your notes. There's a joy that comes from this world, like in Hebrews 11, it talks about the fleeting pleasures of sin, Okay, there's a, there's a joy or there's a happiness that someone can feel as they, as they pursue sin thinking it's what they want, thinking that there's going to be some joy or gladness in it, only to be left with uh, brokenness and, and sadness and, and, an, and an imperfect uh, a way of pursuit. But then there's the joy that comes from God, and, and that's different from this world. It's not of this world. It's a joy that comes from him that is eternal, uh, it's a joy that, that is, um, uh, it's not temporary like, like the world. And so when it comes to us talking about joy this morning, I don't want you to feel like you have to separate the word happy from joy because the fruit of the spirit is joy, right? And when God causes us to be joy filled, there should be the emotion of happiness from it. We shouldn't divorce the word uh, happiness from joy or deplete the word joy of its emotion. I, I've never heard of glum joy, have you? And so it, it's this idea that, hey, let's talk about this word joy from the context not of defining it, but understanding, okay, where does it come from? Because we see it all around us, right? I mean, there's joy all around us. It's, it's just what kind of joy is it? And so I wanted to make this distinction for us as we begin our, our conversation about it because I think it's so important for us to know That we live in a world that connects joy and happiness to circumstances, but that's not the way in which the scriptures want us to understand, that God wants us to understand joy. Instead, God wants us to understand joy this morning as uh, something that is connected back to him. It is directly dependent upon his person, his character, his nature, who he is, what he's done for you, what he's going to do. For us, okay? So, with that being said, I want to go back through these verses that Norm shared, and um, I want us to look at uh, these first few verses in eight and nine and, and really kind of set up the, the message here. So, in, in verse eight and nine, it, it talks about what's happening in this. Passage. So, we have in the same region outside of Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Okay, so what do we have going on in this passage so far? We have an angel, and we have some shepherds. It's nighttime, and uh, they are out in the fields, all right? Those would be some observations that we make from the text. Now, um, something that is important for us to know as we think about this is that um, that these shepherds, these one of these first characters that we see in this story, um, they they weren't necessarily the the top of the totem pole of society. Uh, the shepherds were very lowly people, often very. Uneducated, um, and and it, they were put out in the fields because they were to be separated from the city, uh, because th- they were they were lowly people in society. They 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 were um, not the ones that uh, that people sought to be like. Uh, it was a job where it was you know very very boring, and also there wasn't a whole lot of uh, excitement. Uh, You're a shepherd, and so if you're having small talk and you're talking with somebody, it's not like a big flex to, to tell somebody, hey, I'm a shepherd, uh, it's not like that's way, the way you want to lead in. And when you're growing up in that time, it's not like your life goal is to, to necessarily be a shepherd. That may be what you are, but uh, there was a lot of negative connotation, negative uh, ways of thinking uh, of a shepherd because it was just a lowly job. Um, but the angel comes to who? The lowly, right? Where, who does the angel come to to announce this, this very special message that God wants to tell the world. He comes to these low level totem pole people and gives them the greatest news to then share with those in their surrounding areas. A principle for us that we could think about just right off the bat as we begin just understanding the context of this passage is that God has come for everyone. Not just those who have their lives together, right? Not just for those in society that are well-to-do and have their lives together and have been doing the right things and have, have a lot to say for themselves. But in fact, this is just a great reminder for us that regardless of our background, regardless of what we do, regardless of how we even live our lives, the message of Christmas is that you and I, Jesus has come to us. The message of Christmas is that that as lowly as we may feel unworthy, as we may feel to receive love and grace, to even be sitting in church, the message of Christmas is that God loves you regardless of how you think about yourself. Maybe you put yourself at the bottom of the totem pole of God's love. You don't think you're very worthy of it because of the way you've lived your life, because of the decisions that you've made. But the reality is that God considers you valuable and worthy in the same way that he considered the shepherds, even though the society didn't consider them worthy. So one principle we could say is is the importance of just recognizing we are like the shepherds, every single one of us, and God has come to you and to me. Now, the second part of this verse is, is about what the angel says to the shepherds. He says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So what we have here now is um, is a declaration to, to not be afraid. So we have the shepherds who are afraid. Hey, why are they afraid? Well, uh, angels are very fearful, uh, angelic beings that... Uh, don't necessarily um, make you think that something good is going to necessarily happen when their presence arrives. Oftentimes in the Old Testament, when we see angels being used by God as agents and messengers of His will and His work and His ways, uh, there's oftentimes where the angel arrives and there's there's destroying happening, there's judgment happening, there is uh, you know a, a judgment for disobedience and sin, and so the angel's coming to to to. To bring that judgment and so uh, the shepherds knowing these stories of when angels arrive and appear probably caused for them to be very fearful. And you would have been fearful too. Don't sit back here being like, what are they so afraid of, you know? You would have been freaking out in the same way because these angelic beings, they are so powerful. I mean, look at what it says here. It says, the glory of the Lord shone around them, shone around them and they were terrified. I mean, that's, I think that's what's in the last verse before this, but the idea is they, they, they were physically, you could, you, could, you could see that they were afraid. So the angel says to them, do not be afraid. Because in the same way too, the angel's presence is a very fearful thing. So why does he say not be afraid? Because he's about to tell them something very important, something very uh, special and uh, what he's about to tell them is uh, this good news of great joy that has come to the world. And so the angel uh, tells them this message that Christmas is here, that God has sent his son to save them from their sin. It is joy to the world that the Lord has come. That's what it says. Today in, a, in the city of David, a savior is born. He's Christ the Lord. What a, what a joyful thing to think about. I mean, that was the joyful message of uh, the, the Angel to to the Shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people you know everywhere we go, uh, starting November one it almost feels like or even maybe mid november uh, there 's like Christmas everywhere, right I mean Christmas has happened everywhere, and, and joy is in the air, right You see the lights and you hear the music and 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 you have all these excitements and you have things to go to and 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 there 's just joy everywhere. Christmas is this joyful time. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful time. And, and maybe for 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 you, you kind of have to at times fake the fact that this is a joyful season for you. Maybe you find yourself today and in this season where life's not full of joy. Like I read that verse and I say, good news of great joy for all the people. Um, but you say, that's, that's a message for somebody else. That's not my reality right now. That's not what I'm Experiencing, but the reality for you and me that we need to recognize this morning is the same message that that the angel is giving to the shepherds is the same message for you and for me this morning. You know, we live in a time right now where um, you know we we can be stressed out and we can have a lot on our mind during this time of the year, and instead of us thinking about the reason for the season, our minds get distracted because we're so stressed over the things that are happening in our lives. There was a study done that says 88% of Americans during Christmas are stressed out. Do you know that? Well, 88% of you did, right? Because you're probably stressed out in a room this size. Okay, what are they stressed out about? They're stressed out about so many things and in a time where, where we are a weary world, the, the Christmas message is, is to stop is to behold, is to recognize that Jesus has come, that the work has been accomplished, that we can rejoice because God has come to save you and me, and yet in the middle of that, we often get our minds distracted by the things of this world, and and we're human, right? That's That's why we often find ourselves distracted, and I would be the first to say that I understand what it means to be distracted, uh, but the idea that 88% of Americans find that this time of the year is actually more stressful than joyful it is, is actually just flying in the face of that one song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. <laughs> it's not the most wonderful time of the year. It's, it's the most stressful time of the year. And why is it stressful? Because there's financial stress, right? There's relationship stress, there's family dynamic stress, there's work stress expectation stress fill in the blank with whatever you are feeling currently right now in this moment stress i mean you know your stress what is the stress that you're experiencing in a room this size you're feeling a lot and maybe like i said as i read that passage and it says good news of great joy for all the people you're just being deceived this morning to say to yourself that's that's not for me that's for that's for other people that's for that's for someone else because Maybe you feel like your life's a mess right now. Maybe you feel like some decisions you've made or uh, some things that have happened because of maybe something that can be brought back to you. Uh, you feel like you know this isn't a joyous time. But the message of Christmas is that regardless of whatever it is that you have found yourself in the middle of a mess, the message of Christmas is that Christ has come for you, and there's a joy to to be had from the world. You know. Um, I know that for, for, for some, there, this might be a season of loss. This might be a season of walking through a relationship or job situation that, that isn't going the way that you had planned. Maybe if you were in charge of writing the story of your own life, you wouldn't be writing it the way that it's happening right now, but it's happening the way it is, and so you're just kinda going with it, but you're not full of joy. Man, the weary world rejoices. Why? Because of Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, Advent is not about a time of denying the fact that we live in a broken world. Advent is not about a time of us uh, faking it until we make it and putting a mask on and just saying, yeah, I'm full of joy, even though inside you're full of pain and you're full of sorrow. You're full of just hurt. I was talking with Pastor Logan this last week about this, this idea of just Advent and what it is at its core, and Logan was sharing that, he says, the more that I study and lean into Advent, the more I understand it to be about embracing the difficulty around me and being able to experience things like joy in the middle of them because we belong to Jesus, and because we belong to Jesus, we can have joy in the midst of darkness. Is that a good word for you this morning? And even in the midst of your darkness, difficulty, You can have joy. I mean, understanding Advent from that perspective, doesn't it change everything? Now, it doesn't change our circumstances, but it changes our perspective. And isn't that what this is is about? Christmas is about a perspective change. Taking our eyes off of the things like, like, you know, the, the holiday traditional side of things and the cultural traditions that we do. And reminding ourselves that it is truly all about Jesus. And the message of Advent is that even in the midst of whatever it is that you're, you're facing right now, as bad as it may feel, that there's actually hope in that. There's peace in the midst of it. And there's joy that we can find. It's a choice that we must choose as God's people, to adopt the fact that that there is a reason for us to rejoice in the midst of our difficulty, not because of what's happening in our circumstances, but because of what Christ has done in coming to the earth to save us from our sin and to to, to give us everlasting life. I mean, that is the the joy that we can have in the midst of it. And so speaking of perspective, what I want to do is I want to go back here to verse 10, and and talk about this word that you see highlighted. In verse 10, it says the word behold. Everybody say behold. 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 Not a word that we necessarily use a lot in our language, right? When's the last time you used the word behold in a sentence? You ever text message people before? Behold. I have news for you, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't really happen that way. Let's watch. Some of you are going to do that now this this week. Um, Behold's a very important word in this passage that I think links us with this idea of perspective and how we see joy in the midst of our difficulties. The word behold means to look or to give attention to. The word behold means for us to be able to focus in on. And so a great question that I want to share with you today is, what are you beholding? What are you beholding? Because here's my first point that I want to share, that what we behold holds on to us. You get that? What we behold holds on to us. The, the, the shepherd was being told, behold. Why? Because the angel has a message, and that angel didn't want the message to get missed. He wanted the attention to be brought right there. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. This idea of behold, what are you beholding? You know, we have this wonderful, amazing gift that God has given us, the ability to freely choose what it is we wanna behold in this life, what we get to think about. I wonder, what, it, what is it that you're beholding today? What is it that you beheld this last week? It, it's why, um, you know, this idea of what we behold holds on to us, it's why bad news can ruin our day and stay with us all day long. You ever received bad news before? Yeah, everybody, everybody's received bad news. There's not some Christian bubble that we get put around us when we become a Christian, and there's no bad things that happen. We live in a fallen and broken world. And so when we have bad news, doesn't it kind of follow us? But it follows us because why? <laughs> because we're thinking about it. it. Because we're focused in on it. We're trying to think, how can we fix it? Or, or how can we make it better again? Because what we behold holds on to us. But if we behold the right things, doesn't that make all the difference? It really does. When we behold Jesus, when we behold what he has done, when we behold the scriptures, when we behold the word and the truth, man, it it changes the way in which we see joy in the midst of what's happening around us. It's why joy is one of those things that, as a Christian, we can't completely necessarily understand in its entirety because we can be broken and yet still have joy you ever had a, a friend, or maybe it's even been your own life, a season where you've, you've recognized that you just beat up, you're broken down, and yet at the same time, there is a joy that strengthens you in the Lord. There is a joy that you have, not from your own picking yourself up by your bootstraps, but because it is the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5:22, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. What's the the role of the Holy Spirit? The role of the Holy Spirit is to point us back to Jesus, right? And as he points us back to Jesus and what he's accomplished for us, what he's done for us, what he's doing in us, and that he's coming again, what a joyous message we can behold every day. Now, we aren't perfect with it, right? We're going to have our days. Every person has their day. I have my day and you have your day. But the idea here is that we want to make sure that we are Being mindful of is beholding the right things. You see, today you could behold your financial issues. Today you can behold the health issues that you face or that your family faces. Today you can behold the relationship strife, the work difficulty, uh, the fact that your marriage may not be going the way that you want it to, or maybe a wayward child, or... Something And those are all things that you do need to think about and consider as you live out your life and how God wants you to work and move and live within him. But at the same time, doesn't it do it a lot better for us to behold Jesus? Doesn't it do us a lot more to behold the, the, the way in which God has done so much for us and that this time of the year we can just truly take in the full message of of Christmas and the joy that comes from knowing Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We live in a world today that's so distracted, billions and billions of dollars to try and get your eyes to look upon, to behold this thing, to take your eyes off of Jesus. And yet the struggle is for us today to behold him. We can only do that through the power and strength of God working in us, which is my second point that I wanna make, that that when we behold Jesus, you experience true joy. When we behold Jesus, we experience true joy. You see, a lot of times in our culture, we talk about joy and we connect it to our circumstances. We often use the word happiness to explain what joy is. Like if I was to ask my kids, what is joy? Okay, my son Logan would probably say playing baseball. Okay, he loves playing baseball and he loves playing catcher and hitting, hitting dingers is what he says, hitting tanks, you know, wanting to, to do really well in his game, hanging out with his buddies. He loves riding his bike. If I'd ask my daughters, they would say, you know, they love arts and crafts. It brings them lots of joy. They like playing games. They like going swimming. They like riding their bikes. They like going out in the world. Like, they love all those things. Those are all great, joyous things, right? It makes them happy. Candy too, right? I mean, you got kids, who doesn't love candy, Candy's one of those things like, sweet, I got a candy bar, right? Uh, Or a soda pop or whatever it might be. And my job as a dad is to help my kids understand that there's a difference between these temporary worldly things that bring us joy and then true eternal joy that comes from God. And even as adults, isn't it funny that we have to constantly be reminding ourselves and learning that that's true for us as well, adults? We often chase after things thinking that they're going to make us happy, thinking that they're going to fulfill us. And, and we don't take time to recognize that the thing that will make us most joyful and, and most happy and the thing that will fulfill us the most is right before us and his name is Jesus. I mean, I mean we, we have to remind ourselves that Jesus is the source of our joy. We have to remind ourselves that, uh, you know, it's not about what happens in this life, you know? A lot of times we live, in, we, we live in this world where a lot of times it's just about circumstances. If things are going well, then you're happy. If things are not going well, then you're sad. But I think the Christian message of joy and what Christmas is all about is that there's joy all the time, despite our circumstances. It's not dependent upon what happens in your relationships or in your job or what's happening around you. Joy, as we learn it from the Bible, is connected to God. And the attitude of God's people is that we choose joy. We choose joy, not because of happy circumstances that God has orchestrated in our lives, but because of the hope of who he is, the character, the very nature of God himself, his love and his promises. Luke chapter two, verse 11 says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's really the reason that we rejoice, right? Because the savior has come. The good news of great joy that the angel announced was that God who had seemed so far off to the people of that day, who did not hear a prophetic word from God for over 400 years, the scholars call that the intertestamental period of time between the Old Testament and the New Testament workings of God, that there had been nothing, there had been silence, and yet in this moment, silence was broken, and God showed himself to be faithful to the people. You could understand the weight of this message to the people of that day, that God is faithful, a Messiah is coming, the Savior is here, and his name is Jesus. He had come to rescue, to save, to heal, and to make mankind right with God again. The faithfulness of God in the midst of feeling what was a silence. Maybe you feel like there's silence right now in your own life. I want you to know that God is, as faithful he's ever been to you, and he will continue to be faithful. You see, joy is this gift that God wants us to Know we have access to you at all times, regardless of what we experience. Which brings me to the last thing I wanna share, and that's this, that joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering, but it's the presence of God, which is why the psalmist can say in Psalm 23, verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are, anybody know it? With me, with me, he is with you rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is how Paul in the book of Philippians is able to have joy in the midst of his imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. If I were to uh, describe the book of Philippians, it would be this. Paul saying, if I suffer, it is for Christ. If I am satisfied, it is because of Christ. Whatever comes my way, I will fix my eyes upon the Savior and face it with joyful endurance and eternal thankfulness. Cornerstone Church, the theme of Philippians is joy, Christian joy. But make no mistake about it, the subject matter of the book of Philippians is the person and work of Jesus Christ, where that joy comes from. It's so important that we don't forget that that is how we understand true joy, Advent is a time of the year that reminds us that we don't have to wait for December 25th to find the joy that we're looking for, but it's already here. Jesus is here, he has come, he is with us. His name is Emmanuel. Just this last uh, month, my family and I were able to have a joyous moment. Uh, It was a um, long time coming. And uh, for some of you, you might know this already, uh, but it might be news to you um, some of you here, on, uh, Feb- on November um, 28th, we were able to adopt um, a little girl who had been in our family for over five years. And so she's sitting right over here. She's saying, it's me, it's me, it's me. Her name's Layla, yes. <laughs> She she knew that I was going to be talking a little bit about her, so she wanted to stay for the second service. So she's here today. And you wouldn't think it because she just fits so well right in with our family, with the blonde hair and everything. But the reason why I bring this up is um, is to is to share with you a personal side of my own life where um, it wasn't all rainbows and lollipops. (laughs) and excitement and joy in the road of how it came to the place of where Layla permanently became a part of our family. There were there were moments, there were hard moments. There were times where we were falsely accused. There were times when we were, we were misunderstood. There were times where we thought things were gonna easily go in one direction and something just completely changed. There were times where we just were so confused about why things are happening the way that they are. And in that moment, We waited with joy for the coming joy that would happen. And I tell you that this happening is probably one of the most clearest ways for me to be able to recognize the fact that we stand in the middle of the first coming of Jesus, so we wait with joy. And then the second coming of Jesus, we wait for joy because there will be a joyous occasion where when Jesus returns, we will be able to fully understand the, the, the fullness of his joy and his return. And, you know, I, I think about just all that we went through, and I think about all that maybe you're going through right now, and I want you to know that it is possible for you to wait with joy and wait for joy in the midst of your very difficult thing that you're facing. You know, Advent is one of these things It's really um, a declaration of our faith. It's a confession of our faith that even in the midst of sorrow, pain, and darkness is accessible for us to know that we belong to Jesus and Jesus, I mean, because Jesus says we are his. Advent is a confession of faith of saying this, that I see the evil, I see the pain, I see the broken relationships, I see the war in Israel, I see the abortions, I see the evil even in my own self. But the truth of it is that Christ has come and he's done something about it. And as a result, we rejoice. We rejoice. The Heidelberg Catechism says this, what is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Mm, It's really, really good. Maybe your life is going great, things are going pretty smooth, but maybe not. But the question for all of us is how can we behold Jesus? Because joy is here. I feel like I should share just a couple pictures with you from the day when we adopted Layla. This is her uh, sitting at the table right in front of the judge. The judge let her sign her own papers. She got to sign her own papers. And uh, we got to sit there and watch and there wasn't a dry eye in the room. It was just so, so exciting. You know, Tears of joy, right? Um, this is This is... This is Layla right after she finished writing her name. She threw the pen down and she put her hands up like this. And Layla, what did you say? I'm adopted. She said, I'm adopted. Culmination, oh, thank you. The culmination of that time resulting in this this moment of joy for her. This is us with the judge, just being able to take it all in, and then, like I said, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it because she probably fits so right in, but the story of, of Layla Knapp is, is one of joy, even in the midst of the sorrow and darkness and pain and brokenness and difficulty that she's experienced, that we've experienced with her. And, and you know, um, one question I wanna just end things with is, is how do we behold Christ in the midst of everything that's happening in your life right now? Uh, this is, this is a, a great reflection question just for you. An application point, you know, how do you behold these? I gave you a couple ideas in your, in your notes within the bulletin, but maybe the Lord's prompting you in some other ways, some ways in which you can uh, think through, you know, how do you put Jesus front and center? You know, maybe, like I said, things are going great, but maybe even if things are going great, Jesus still wants you to behold him. You know, I used to be a youth pastor. I think a lot of pastors used to be youth pastors. I used to be a youth pastor and one of the things that I told our students all the time was that a hundred years from now, the only thing that's really going to matter is whether or not you had a relationship with Jesus. And isn't that true also for us as adults? The only thing that truly matters is whether or not we have a relationship with Jesus. And if we have a relationship with Jesus, it's no matter what we face, we can have joy in the midst of this life. So we wait with joy and we wait for joy. Christmas is here. Rejoice. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us. And Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to um, just remind ourselves this morning of what it is that we are um, really to put our focus and our attention on. Lord, I pray that uh, if there's anyone here in this room that just feels like uh, this message that the angel proclaimed uh, isn't a message for them. I'm just drawn towards that, Lord. Just the feeling of of someone feeling like uh, Christmas is for everyone else, but not for them. It's just gonna be a day that comes and goes. But Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen the person here this morning who just feels weak and needs your strength in their life. And Lord, I wanna pray for the person also who, who's here that has tried to find joy in every different sector of this world and life, but has come up short because they've looked in all the places except for the cross. And if that's you this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to do that today, Jesus has come for you. And He's, he doesn't want anything from you, he wants something for you. He, he wants to give himself to you. And, and so I, I just want to encourage you, if, if, if you aren't sure of your salvation, if you aren't sure of, of where 100 years from now your life's going to be, then this is a moment for you to just reach out and say, God, I love you. Thank you for sending your son. I've, I've searched for joy in all the wrong places, and I, I give up. I surrender myself to you. I, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin, but that was my cross and you took it for me. And so I I believe in you, I I trust in you, and I I believe that you rose from the grave and that by putting my trust in you, you raised me into a newness of life that I get to walk in. Help me to follow you, Jesus, help me to love you, help me to be your disciple and to be a light in this world. Thank you for loving me even when I didn't even really love myself. And then for those here this morning, maybe, You've just been distracted. You've been beholding the wrong thing. Just call out to the Lord this morning and, and and repent of that. But also remind yourself that the choice is yours to be able to this morning readjust your focus and behold the King. To fix your eyes upon him. And so, Jesus, that's our prayer that we would behold you, and that we would faithfully walk in your way as a light in this world. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.